You ever been walking through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, we're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that uh, lets you display that pride, but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast, pick one of the five tiers and become a patron today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Give Up the Ship podcast. This is the episode two of Trash Panda Talks. And today I want to talk about the very often misunderstood and miscommunicated concept of ship shipmate self. I think this is something that is been destroyed over time and does not get um, explained in a way that is accurate to what it really means and what it should mean. And I want to talk about that. So I, of course, was trying to do some research because I love me some instructions and references. And this is a concept that has, you know, long been a part of how I try to go about business, but it's not explained well anywhere from the Navy. And so I was searching and if you Google ship shipmate self, there's nothing that comes up from the Navy with the exception of one uh, Facebook post about COVID. Um, but I was looking and the only thing I could find was in my boot camp issued Blue Jackets manual. This is edition 24. The only place that I could find this phrase was in the foreword of this 24th edition Blue Jackets manual. And this is the foreword written by retired McPon Campa. And it says, it will make perfectly clear that there is no phrase in our Navy more important than ship shipmate self. Those words are deliberately aligned, placed in the traditional maritime order of importance. You'll learn that there is nothing more honorable than being a member of a crew at sea and that the men and women with whom you serve rely on you to help them fight their ship, save their lives, and maintain the strong credibility of our service. Those words are timeless. They've been strengthened by sailors serving on ships with names like Arizona, Forrestal, and Cole. The legacy of those who have gone before us is yours to protect and sustain. And then nowhere else does it get into what the concept of ship shipmate self is supposed to be. And it has absolutely gotten lost along the way. I know that it wasn't explained to me in a way that made sense and that I believed to be the concept until I was had been in the Navy for over 10 years. For the vast majority of my career, the concept was preached in a way of ship shipmate self meaning that you as an individual are the least of anyone's priorities, including your own, meaning that you had to sacrifice your physical and mental well-being for the sake of your shipmates, for the sake of your ship, and that it didn't matter if you were, you know, if you weren't okay, as long as the ship was okay, that that's what was important. And it was it was preached that way. It was taught that way to me for a very long time that you don't matter as an individual, that we are the Navy, we are the force, and you, your individuality and you as a person don't matter. Not necessarily as harshly as that, but that was definitely the message that was 
that came across. But that is not at all how it should be, or I think how it was intentionally meant to be used as this as this mantra that, that we have. And we need to do a better job of explaining what it really means and put it into practice. The way that ship shipmate self should be taught, used, done, lived is if you think about the ship or your command, and I'm going to use command because I've never been on a ship, so judge me all you want. But if if the entire organization, the whole command, the whole ship is doing well, awesome. Now, if there's a leak or we're taking on water or you have something broken within your command that is affecting so many of the people within it, that's a problem. And we need to make sure that the whole organization runs smoothly so that we can all do what we need to do. If we have a a process or a program or a group of the command that is overworked or underperforming or misaligned with the objectives, that is going to lead to failure for everybody. So it's not to say that that the concept of the ship or uh, getting underway or, you know, just the overall building of your command is more important. It's the entire organization. It's the the group of people that needs to be solid so that we can all do what we need to do to do our jobs. So if the organization, if the command, the ship is in good shape, then we can take care of the people who are not necessarily doing okay. Maybe they're overworked or they're working on a project they don't understand. And we have the bandwidth to devote to those individuals on a, on a one-on-one basis because everything else is going smooth and we're not putting out any fires. And then when you know your shipmate and those those individuals that need a little more care and attention are taken care of they can do what they need to do and you don't have to take on their jobs responsibilities work role and then you have the time and the ability to take care of yourself does not mean that you are less important as an individual or that your needs shouldn't be met so that the needs of the shipmates and your ship and your command should be met first. That's that's not the concept. I think it is extremely important that we take care of each other. We take care of the ship and the command. And if I try to use this example when I explain it, but let's just say I have a skill and I'm really good at writing. I can write the best blue jacket of the quarter package for my sailors, the map packages for them. I can write phenomenal evals. And that's, that's my, like, that's my bread and butter. That's my skill. I can write, which isn't necessarily true. It's just an easy example. But in this example, I'm a great writer and I'm phenomenal. And if I keep that to myself, what good does that do to anybody else? Yeah, I might have a stacked eval because it looks like my division is super hot just because I can write well, but it's not necessarily an accurate representation. I just haven't shared the love. And what kind of competition is it if it's not a fair fight, if no one else has that same skill? Or you have sailors that are 
not graded or scored appropriately just because a package was not written well for them. That doesn't help anybody. That's not how we'd go about doing business. So instead, I take that skill and I teach it to other people. I talk to my peers and I, let's say I wrote something and it got somebody mapped or got them a quarter win. If I give that out to my peer group and to as many juniors that are interested in having it and I teach them and, you know, when it comes to writing evals and teach them to look at the convening order and actually pay attention to the trade averages and and teach people how to do something and everyone is capable of doing it. Now, you're not the only one who shines, which is not shining, and you're not the only one who can do it. So if I'm, for example, if I'm an LPO and I have six other first classes, but I have to rewrite every single package because I'm the only one who's capable of doing it at that level or if they've never been taught how to review the things that are necessary when going into a package, that's a lot of wasted time and effort and energy on my part. And what good does that do me or anyone else? Instead, if if everyone knows how, we all lighten our load a little bit if we all have those that same skill. And so now I have more time because I'm not chopping 27 evals at a time and I'm, you know, just reviewing them because they've been already done well by my other people in my division. Now I have the time to devote to something else or someone else. Let's say I have a sailor who is looking to apply for an officer package and that, you know, that takes time and that has a lot that goes into it. And so I can, I'll have more time to sit down with them and go over the instruction and pull up the references and look at their record and set them up with interviews and make sure that their, their GPA and their SAT scores are in time or whatever the case is. I have the time and the ability to devote to them because I'm not bogged down with all these other things because I'm the only one who can do the thing. And so when, again, when we take care of everyone and we enable everyone, we have more time to do those things. And then now that sailor knows all the things about the officer packages and they can go teach somebody else and so on and so forth. And, And then I have freed up so much of my time because I'm not the only person who's able to answer a question or able to complete a task. And so I can go home at a decent time every day. I can get a decent amount of sleep. I can sign up to take some college classes because I have free time and I can take care of so much more for myself and my own personal benefit when I've devoted enough resources to my shipmates, to the ship, to the command and the organization that allows all of those things to improve and run more smoothly I'm way better off by taking care of those other people. And this is something that I just don't think is put into practice. I don't think it's explained that way. And it's it's definitely coming back and, it, and it's biting a lot of people. I think part of the problem is we're not explaining it well. And we're not teaching people how helping other people can benefit everyone, including ourselves. But also there's a, uh, especially at my level, especially with first classes, there is a really unhealthy, nasty level of competition that I, I'm just so uncomfortable about. 
And I get it because we are created that way. We are taught that we have to be, you know, cutthroat and get the number one eval and all those things. But that's not everything. And it's, it can be pretty clear if you have someone that has a phenomenal eval and they are not kind of sharing that love and those skills and that knowledge, do you really look that good? Will you even get ranked that high if you look like someone who can't be a part of a team? It, it doesn't generally serve you. We, we had a couple first classes a few years ago at my command who we were trying to work together on our evals and we had one person that was a CTI that reached out to a CTN uh, for help writing their eval because it was the CTI's first year at that command and they just wanted to see like kind of how they did it at that command and their the things that they think are more important there, things like that. And the CTN one said to the CTI one, I'm not going to help you. You're my competition. And that just boggled my mind because that's not true. Yeah, we might be ranked against each other within that command, but they're never going to really compete. Those are two separate rates that go to two separate panels at the board. They don't take up the same quota. And that person really was not willing to help their peer for fear that it would negatively affect their eval. The great thing is, hint the sarcasm, that CTN ended up making chief that year as well, which is pretty funny. But it just goes to show, like, this is what we're taught, is that we need to look out for ourselves. We need to make sure we get the best eval. And it's not usually ingrained into people to take care of the ship, to take care of your shipmates. I have had far more success and recognition when I stopped giving a crap about myself and my eval. And it really pays off, so to speak. I don't really like to use that because that's not the reason behind it. But when we take care of others, it, it just helps everything. What good is it if you have one division with a bunch of rock stars and Uh, quarter winners and all those great things and then another division who is about to get merged over by some other division because they're all getting out of the navy we can't keep people in enough to even keep a division standing we're not successful as a navy or as a command or a ship if we're losing that many people on one side and having a bunch of rock stars on the other that's that's a huge flaw We can do a better job of taking care of everybody and having everyone achieve success. That's going to lead to higher morale, higher retention. And who cares if those people end up higher ranked than you on your eval? Everyone should have the same access to the same knowledge and skills and tools. We shouldn't be gatekeeping things that are going to lead to success of the mission. But it happens all the time. And I think it goes even bigger than that, even deeper than that, that I think the misunderstanding and the miscommunication of this concept really feeds into the problems we have with leadership and and execution of missions in the Navy because the priorities are just wonky. And I think that 
the priority at the at the highest level it, it's there it's correct for them I want to believe that they really do see the bigger picture but it gets lost along the way between you know from CNO to chief whoever out on the deck plate of a division or a department because they generally think about okay ship shipmate self ship we got to get the ship underway we got to get this thing done we have to accomplish this mission which is absolutely true but you can't do any of those things without taking care of the individuals without taking care of your shipmates whether those are your peers or your juniors or your seniors and so for example uh i just had a first class reach out to me and tell me a story that there was a seaman uh out on a ship and that seaman was having some issues and some physical medical problems and they tried to go to medical and they were kind of getting dismissed and that was leading to like mental health problems and this sailor tried to talk to their chain of command and uh, couldn't didn't know if they even had an LPO, which is a problem in and of itself. But you know, started talking to their chief and their divo, and the feedback that the sailor was given in response to going to medical for these physical problems and for their mental health problems, their answer was, "You should just wait because we have to get underway and we need you." To come with us. That is absolutely not the right answer. First of all, it's just totally messed up uh, on a lot of levels and for a lot of reasons because I understand like the chief is worried about getting underway and they're worried about manning and we're all having manning problems and we have to make sure that we have enough people to do those jobs. I get it. However, you're not going to be able to accomplish the mission when you have a sailor that is struggling or hurting or not able to fulfill their duties to the best of their ability. And yeah, that person might be there, but are they being as productive as they could be? Or what if, God forbid, they end up unaliving themselves and now now who's doing the mission? We have tons of briefs and meetings and not at all that that's the important part about losing a sailor that is not what I'm saying but if you are thinking of the bigger picture and the impact to the mission I guarantee you we can afford to lose one person for one mission or one deployment so that they can take care of themselves instead of whatever might come after that if we don't take care of them instead of just looking at the ship as a thing it's it's an organization it's a unit of people and I think that gets lost and it's then portrayed to us that the ship comes first meaning that the ship's mission comes first and yes that is true we want to achieve the mission we want to meet the commander's objectives but you cannot do that without the people they go hand in hand so you have to think of the bigger picture even bigger than this one mission, this one deployment. And that gets lost along the way a lot of the time. On a much less severe note than that, it ends up resulting in poor leaders. We are making, we're not making bad leaders, but we're not making good leaders. We're not teaching them anything because we're just constantly running around like chickens with our heads cut off or like D-Gut says, juggling a bunch of flaming chainsaws 
but we don't have to juggle all those flaming chainsaws. We're not the only ones who are capable of doing these things. I guarantee somebody else can do all the things that you do. Yeah, I'm sure you're super special and you're an expert and an invaluable asset to the team, but somebody else can do it and they will. If you got hit by a bus tomorrow, somebody would figure it out eventually. We shouldn't be juggling a thousand flaming chainsaws. We should be able to delegate. A lot of the times we can't delegate because we're not taking the time to train other people to do the same things. We're not investing in them with our time and our energy and our resources to show them how to write evals, how to do a skill, how to be a keyboard warrior, how to turn a wrench. And so you're there turning that wrench all day long, never getting a break because you're the only one capable of doing it. And I get it. It would take time to stop turning your wrench to show somebody else how to do that thing. But the investment on the back end or the return on investment is huge. The same thing goes with anything else that we do. And I don't see it happen enough because we are confused and misguided on those priorities when we have evals are due. Now, what we could and should do is if we turn in, let's say we turn in a rough draft for an eval and chief says it's trash and there's just red pen all over that thing. We could take 20 minutes and go over it and learn why those changes were made, how we got there, why the end result is the end result. Instead of just two weeks later, you get your eval back in, hey, I routed it up. This is what it looked like when you gave it to me. And this is what it looks like now. Figure it out. I've seen that. And I've been on the other side of that so many times. How much time is that chief wasting and burning by now they're reviewing and editing 50 evals because they haven't invested the time in training ahead of time or even after to prevent that from happening later. And we see it happen over and over and over again in so many things that we're just not learning or teaching because we don't have the time because we're so focused on this objective down the road. Yeah, we need to meet the objective. We need to accomplish the mission. But again, think of the bigger picture, not just this ship and this deployment. Think of the future of the Navy. Think of all the deployments to come, all of those first classes that will be chiefs, whether you train them or not, and what they're going to bring to the organization if you give them that skill now or never or maybe later. It is very, very important that we take care of ourselves on an individual basis, get enough sleep, eat healthy, work out, have fun, relax. Absolutely, absolutely. But sometimes we have to invest a little bit more of ourselves into others so that we will have more time to do those things. And I know it's not the easy thing. It's not convenient to take a couple hours out of your day to build another expert but it is our duty to do so train your relief 
ideally, before they relieve you. And that doesn't happen because we're so focused on some other priority. I got to turn in this eval. I have to respond to this tasker. I have to accomplish my operational goals or do outs. And so I can't afford to sit down and tell this sailor how to how to write a memo. I'll just fix it myself. It'll be easier. Or, or, stay with me, we teach them how to write the memo first. We spend twice as much time teaching than we would have done correcting. And now you save all that time every single time that comes through your inbox again. And it's not until you do it that you see how amazing it is to save that time and energy. But we can't do everything ourselves. But I think another huge problem that we have is that the there are first classes who have these skills or, uh, or they have knowledge about something and they keep it to themselves. Part of it, I think, on a competitive nature to say that I want to have, I want to be the best at something or I only want my sailors to benefit from my skill or my knowledge about this program or this opportunity and I'm not going to share the love because it's just for my guys or girls and nobody else deserves it. Uh, We need to stand out and this is how we do that. That happens a lot. But the juniors then see that and they become these people who are just stepping on each other and and pushing other people down so that they can rise up and just competitive and, and they are not getting all the information that they should have in order to be successful and well-rounded because they have their one super skill and they keep it to themselves or they think they have a skill or they think they're really good at something but nobody else who may be even better is sharing how they could do it better or faster more efficiently or safer whatever the case may be so many people are just looking out for themselves and and we teach them to do that so I don't fault them but it really really pays off I mean hugely when we take care of everybody because we put in so much effort just to make ourselves look good or check the boxes or get whatever thing done and put it on our eval but when everyone is successful Everyone is successful. That may sound cheesy, but it's true. We can achieve incredible things as a team. And we can do that for our division, our department, our command, our community, the entire Navy. If we just take care of each other, teach each other, make everybody better. I saw a phrase. It was probably on like Instagram, but I'd like to pretend it was in a book um but it said that uh, a candle doesn't lose its flame by lighting another candle and again that's a cheesy bumper sticker slogan but it's true i have only ever seen 
good things happen when somebody does good things. When we are taking care of the ship and the organization, and I'm going to use, you know, the cheesy metaphor of an actual ship. And like, if the ship is taking on water, if we are full of individuals who only care about themselves, or, you know, we have a handful of high performers who are getting overworked and overtasked and burnt out, or we have just things that are broken, we need to take care of that. Even if it's not going to have a direct benefit to us as an individual, you may not see it, but it will. It will help everyone when we plug up those holes, put out those fires, and have a solid foundation for everyone to exist within that organization. And then they can do great things because they're not over there trying to fight a fire by themselves or trying to use a bucket to dump water out over the side when it's just pouring in. We can take care of that ship if we take care of the culture, if we take care of the people and help out our shipmates, teach them things, bring them along on the journey to greatness and success. There is no reason to gatekeep good things. I encourage you that the next time you hear the phrase ship, shipmate self, have that conversation. Talk about it in your in your group, in your division, wherever you are, and see how does everyone think it is actually put into practice and how should it be put into practice? How can we do better to get to the intent of what that concept is and use it in the day-to-day for everyone to benefit and everyone to achieve success? If you don't hear it often, this is something that hasn't come up lately, then I, I would ask that you bring it up. Talk about it. Having these conversations leads to even better conversations that are going to help us improve. I say us, the Navy. That's what I mean, the entire organization. Because again, that's the goal. That ship, shipmate self, that ship is not just my command. It's not just that one ship. It's our whole Navy. And we should be focused on improvement on a grand scale because we can do it. We make up that organization. We have the power to change it, to fix it. There may be some, some broken processes and programs and roadblocks in the way, but doing nothing does nothing. So talk about it. I know a lot of us recognize some, some big issues that exist within our organization as a whole or within our commands or within our work centers and I just I ask that you take a look at that and see how can you influence that on a bigger scale and see how that feeds into improvement and success for everybody that's all I have for today thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship Hey, big shout out to our level five patrons, William McIver and Victoria Livingood, to all the other patrons. 
and everyone that supports us. We couldn't do it without you. You're allowing us to expand the platform, pay all these bills, and continue to push out just awesome content for you as much as humanly possible. And we really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much.